Hey guys, uh, do you know what is going on in my life right now? Let me tell you what's going on in my life. I'm getting all kinds of notifications from different apps telling me how much microvision stock has been plummeting since it was pushed to the roof by Wall Street bets. I'm going to talk about this microvision bet uh, that was pushed heavily by the Wall Street bets forum. And why this doesn't surprise me. I knew this would end badly, and we're going to talk about it right now on the Black Financial Channel. So buckle up your seatbelt, get comfortable. We're going to get started right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. This is theblackfinancialchannel.com. I am Dr. Boyce Watkins, your friendly neighborhood finance professor. What's up, Debt Free Dad and Brad Alex and... And, uh, okay, Brad Alex says, who needs bills paid? Okay, what, what, what? Uh, Oshun, Oya, uh, Teach to Read, uh, Big Bezos, Rasta Black, how you doing? I want to remind everybody, the Black Financial Channel is a black uh, financial and commentary channel that is built for the black community. Uh, we don't think about anybody else, really, to be honest with you. We focus on black people, but if you are not black and you love black people the way as much as I do, then you are welcome to be here. We don't hate anybody. We just love ourselves. So if you agree that we should put ourselves first, put a hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1 means black first that's why we use a b and the number one you see it all over the chat from adrian dupree d savoy stacy ann williamson uh donnell brown donnell brown and jamie Kemp. all right let's jump into it how many of you give me a yes or no how many of you are aware that we were talking earlier this week about wall street bets and microvision stock microvision is a company that was pushed hard by wall street bets this week give me a yes or no if you were around for any of those conversations where i was standing around screaming at the top of my lungs saying look out y'all Look out, y'all. They're running game right now. It's about to get ugly up in here. Y'all remember that? Give me a guess if you remember that. Okay, J- Jamie Kemp remembers. Yep, that's right. Yep, L- 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 Lionel, he-, he was paying attention. And Jennifer Allen, yep. Yep, okay. Well, Marvin Stewart, you said, no, well, let me just tell you what happened, what went down. All right, so Microvision is this company, and I have talked about Microvision for a long time. And the reason I like Microvision was not because I thought this company was going to blow up. But because the options, you could sell the options on the stock and make a killing, right? So I was like, hey, I told my baby, Alicia, I was like, hey, sweetie, let's, I want to invest in this company called Microvision and look how much money it's making us every week. And of course, she was, she did a happy dance and gave me a couple kisses on the cheek. And I said, that's right. Your black man is out here making his money for this family. But here's the thing. Microvision was a speculative stock. There's nothing about Microvision that on any level says this company should be worth three, four, five billion dollars. But because it had this high level of what is called implied volatility, Microvision got on the radar of Wall Street bets. There's a website called Swaggy Stocks, swaggystocks.com, where they follow Wall Street bets and they keep up with what people are talking about on the forum. And they found on, on swaggybets.com that the Wall Street bets forum was really talking about Microvision a lot, a lot. And, uh, and so what happened as a result of that was you basically saw a classic pump and dump. Uh, basically, the stock got pushed up because all the, uh, you know, all the, uh, what do they call them, broker dudes or trader dudes or trader bros. I, I forgot what the culture is, what the term is. But but all the trader bros got together like, yeah, man, let's go, uh, you know, Microvision to the moon. Let's all buy Microvision, right? So they're pushing the price up and up and up. And the price goes from, I mean, I'm sitting here watching this, right? I started buying Microvision when it was like maybe in the single digits, then it rose to like 17 or 18. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Then it starts dropping and dropping and dropping. And it dropped to like 10. But because I have a philosophy that says I just buy the dips. When I when I pick my assets, I just I I pick when I if I if I 
if I pick with it, I'm gonna stick with it, right? Most of the time. Like it doesn't mean I'm always right, but uh, you know, I felt that this was a company I wanted to go deeper in because I was selling the options and making money no matter what. So I kept buying when it went down to 12 and 10 and all that. And then all of a sudden, kaboom, the price just starts skyrocketing. It went to 14, 18, uh, 20, 25, etc. Well, um, well, here's the deal. Um, you know, and Jay Wood, you are right. You said you were pumping pumping it on Instagram before you went out, for, found out from Wall Street Bets. Yeah, I was talking about Microvision on Instagram. Now, those of you who know me know that I wasn't talking about my, Microvision. Show me one show me one post where I said that Microvision was a stock for the future, that Microvision was going to grow in value and become this great company. No, I was talking about selling the options. I was basically saying I'd like to buy this chicken because I'd like to be able to sell the eggs. Um, I don't know where the stock is going, but I know what I can get off the stock this week when I sell the options. So I never talked about Microvision as a long-term growth company. When I talk about long-term growth, like you know the buying holds that I'm going to hold for my family, I'm talking about Disney. I'm talking about Amazon. I'm talking about Microsoft. I'm talking about big companies with strong long-term earnings. Those are the companies that I hold as my long-term steady investments. But then I have my options portfolio where I just extract the income. So here's the deal with Microvision. Microvision gets the attention of Wall Street bets. Uh, the price goes up to 18, 20, 25, and then 29. It almost hit $30 a share. And one of the things I, I, I mentioned, and you can go back and listen to the videos to kind of hear what I was saying as this was happening, as I said, be careful because Wall Street bets is not what you think it is. You know, the narrative in the media is that Wall Street bets is like fighting for the little guy and they're taking on Wall Street and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you, you can believe that crap if you want to. But uh, in a way, it's kind of like act activism. You know, you know, you ever see times where you have some activist movement like the Tea Party movement or even Black Lives Matter or whatever, where you think it's some sort of grassroots thing and then you find out that it's not, that there's somebody in the background pulling the strings. Wall Street bets kind of comes off to me that way where, You've got the people in the group that really believe in the cause, just like any other group. You have people that really believe in the issue. That's why they they they're, they become the puppets of the puppet masters. But my question was, when I would hear the kind of things they were talking about in the moves they were making, as I said, hmm, who are the puppet masters of this? And I guarantee you that the puppet masters are not going to walk away broke. So effectively... Wall Street Bets was pushing this microvision stock like crazy. The stock goes up and up and up. And I said that these pump and dumps are like a game of musical chairs. You're literally buying air. You're buying really expensive air when you pay $29 for a stock that's probably worth about 12 And so the question becomes, here's the thing. Here's the trick. The, the little mind trick that's played on you is you're thinking like, okay, if I buy at 29 maybe it'll go to 100 If it goes to 100 then I'm going to make all this money. But you don't know the difference between the floor and the ceiling. You think it's just the beginning when really it could be the end. Like New Edition used to say, is this the end? Remember that song? Me and Alicia were in, that, in the car singing that. And that's the kind of song like you hear it, you got to sing along. And I'm a terrible singer, but I just had to do it. But anyway, so you don't know if it's the end. You don't know if the stock is going to go up or down. Well, let me tell you, um, it went up to 29 within two days. That stock chopped in half like a magic show, like like the assistant at a magic show. Literally, they saw that body in half. That stock went from $29, and it is now trading at $14.84. So anybody who bought it $29 thinking it was going to go up got body slammed, got absolutely body slammed. Uh, now, what did I do? Well, uh, one thing I did was I said, okay, well, this stock is only worth about 12. Maybe it's going to actually drop down to its real value at some point. I don't know when this magic trick is going to come to an end, but I want to be ready. So what I did was I bought some puts and I bought a bunch of put options at 15. 
Now those put options are looking good. They're worth a lot of money. Um, and also um, the shares I did buy, I, I, again, I told you, I just, you know, I pick my philosophy in advance so I don't go crazy. I don't try to buy and sell based on what's happening. I buy and sell based on what I want to do. I try to make my strategy in advance so I'm not dipping and moving based on what everything, everything that's happening around me. So effectively, I just, I'm a consistent holder of the shares because I sold the options. And so I bought the shares. I immediately sold the options. So now I sold call options with strike prices of like 30 and 25 and stuff like that. And the thing about that is that the people, the poor people who bought those options, a lot of those wall street bets guys who bought those options thinking the stock was going to go to the moon. Those people lost their money. They had to pay me, and I don't have to give that money back, no matter what the stock price does. So, what I would say, um, you know, just say what I'm what I'm saying to you is that Microvision was never Demani Scott. It was never a stock I said was going to do great. If you recall, I've always said it's about buying the options. Now, if you want to know the stocks that I think are going to do great, I do actually have a section in the Black Stock Market Program called "What Doctor Voice Is Buying," and uh, these are companies that I've done the research on. Um, I studied what the analysts are saying about these companies, and these are companies I'm investing in with my own money. So if you want to do a 30-day trial in the Black Stock Market Program, you can go to the blackstockmarketprogram.com. We meet for class every Tuesday. I answer every single question that's submitted to me in advance. My students submit to me questions. I answer them all. And then also uh, we're doing a special three-day lecture on financial decision-making where I basically explain to you how people make financial decisions or the best way to make those decisions, which, for example, people ask me all the time, should I pay off my student loans before I start investing? Well, there's an answer to that. Uh, should I <clears throat> borrow against my retirement plan in order to start a business? Well, there's an answer to that. And the thing about these answers is that it's not a one-size-fits-all. That's like asking, asking, you know, just asking the public, like, hey, can a man fit a size 12 shoe? Well, it depends on the man. It depends on his foot size, right? So ultimately, understanding financial decision-making comes down to understanding all the variables and factors that must be considered for you to make an intelligent decision. So if you're interested, uh, everybody in the Black Stock Market Program gets in free. Uh, if you So if you do a trial, you can get in for free. Or if you want to just pay one time and just join the three-day conference um, and, and just pay the fee, it's $2.99, uh, you can go to blackwealthdecisions.com. That's the URL, blackwealthdecisions.com. We start Friday night at 8. We go Saturday night and Sunday night. You get to keep the content for the rest of your life. And it's full of slides and presentations and breakdowns and answering tons of questions. So feel free to take a look at that. Ingrid says investing is the new sexy. Well, you know, let me tell you something, Ingrid. Let me tell you something. Give me a yes or no if y'all get what I'm saying. Money, there has never been a time in the history of this world where money was not sexy. Money has always, ladies, confirm this for me, please. Fellas, maybe, maybe y'all, you know, it's okay. Like we we tend to be a little simple-minded. We go for a big button, a smile or whatever. But ladies, tell me if a man, all else equal, if you got a choice between a broke man and a man that knows how to make money, who's sexier? The man who knows how to make money or the man who uh, knows how to uh, flip a burger at, you know, at McDonald's uh, or whatever. No disrespect. If you work for McDonald's, I did not mean to diss you. I promise you. But I want you to do better. I want you. I want to help you. I want to support you. Exactly. There's never been a time where money isn't sexy. You know, it's just that one thing that we've done in this decade is we've helped people understand that investing is the secret to getting money. Do you do you guys understand if I knew one tenth of what I know now when I was 18, I never would have got a job ever for anybody in my life. I never would have worked for anybody. I don't know how many of y'all feel that way. Like now that you've seen stuff like like you put money in your stocks and you've seen yourself make, you know, five hundred dollars in a day or a thousand dollars in a day or something crazy like that. How many of you look back and say, God, if I had known about this. I never would have worked for anybody my whole life. Like that's how I feel. Um, I never would work for anybody. 
And I never would have um, gone to college, but I would have gotten an education. So instead of going to college and spending a bunch of years going deep in debt so I can go take classes like, you know, like I took a class on Irish peasants. What the hell do I care about? Don't no disrespect. If you're Irish, then I'm sorry, but I never I really had no interest in Irish peasants. But they told me at the University of Kentucky I had to take this class to graduate, so I took it. But I would rather than learning about Irish peasants, I would rather have learned about how to make money. Like like put me in a class with some black people that know how to make money. I hold on. Let me know if y'all can hear me. I had to turn my alarm off. I got to take the baby to a dance class. So that's my alarm reminding me to get my butt up and go take the baby to dance class. But seriously, like, like I, I didn't, you know, I would have gone to school for sure, but I, I want to go to wealth school. I, I would rather have gone to the college of making money. I didn't want to learn all that crap I was learning. So investing is, you know, that's the future. Like that's always, and, and it's always been out there. It's just, nobody told you. They didn't want you to know. Because if everybody knows, then everybody's going to be doing the same thing. And it won't be so easy for them to scam you and take all your money from you, right? If they get you to become, if they say, hey, we got an apartment building and we want to rent it out to people, they need people that want to be renters. They don't want everybody to be able to get enough money for a down payment to get a mortgage and to understand the value of home ownership. Because if they did that, then there would be no people there to rent the apartments, right? So um, so I'll tell you what, Damani says, maybe you need to work for someone for a while to keep you humble. Well, you know, working for white people has never made me humble. It's actually annoyed the hell out of me um, because I didn't like the racism. I didn't like being mistreated. I didn't like being disrespected and I didn't like being pimped. So working for my dad, that would have humbled me. You know, working for my family, that humbles me. Working for my community, that humbles me. Working for white people, that only enslaves me. So I ain't trying to be a humble slave. I'm trying to be a free man who's humble. That's a better deal for me. So anyway, that's it, guys. Uh, I'm about to go. Where else am I streaming? Ask Callie Keith. I'm streaming all over the place, man. I'm streaming on Twitch and all kinds of stuff. And uh, in fact, actually, we we, we do gaming um, where we talk about stocks and stuff. I, I play games, uh, uh, Call of Duty with a bunch of brothers, and we also talk about investing sometimes, stuff like that. So if you actually want to follow my Twitch channel, there it is. Um, so feel free to come hang out with us if you're into that kind of stuff. If you're not into it, you may want to look into it. I used to um, kind of mess around and I wanted to learn how to play Call of Duty because I could so I could spend more time with the kids. Now I love it. Now I'm like, this is great. So I played a bunch of guys. We're all in our 40s. And so it's not just like 12 year olds and stuff. Uh, every now and then though, we'll bump into like some crazy deranged 12 year old, you know, with an AK 47 who's coming on screen as some big burly old man. And it'll be like a little girl or something, which is hilarious to see. But generally speaking, um, we get together and we also talk about the things we love to do. We talk about how much we love our community. One of the guys, he's a rapper by the name of big Nard. Look him up. Big Nard. That's his, I think his, uh, his website is big Nard 007. He's a rapper. We just got to know each other. I found out he was a rapper. Another one is G G Maculate. Uh, we call him G money. Cause he's like a killing machine. And then, and then we, we played a guy named Marcus the great and Marcus is a brother out of Tennessee that, um, that uh is actually starting like uh gaming tournaments and stuff and so i'll tell you more about that if you want to get into the kind of stuff but it's been a lot of fun so feel free to come hang out with us there's my twitch channel so anyway guys i gotta go and uh don't forget if you want to uh join uh for this thing for this weekend we got a couple things happening in the black business school we've got one is that financial decision making thing which is um at blackwealthdecisions.com that's the url if you want to go take a look and then also we have a hotel investing uh mini conference now that's free for everybody who's listening to the podcast that's totally free so uh if you want to come in and hang out and as we have experts come in and talk about how black people can own hotels how you and your family can buy a hotel it's not as hard as you think 
uh, feel free to go to blackhotelinvesting.com and uh, sign up. That event happens tomorrow. So we got a lot going on. You know, we believe in educating our own. And that's what we do. You know, we're like, hey, if white guys can build a university, then why can't we? So that's what the black business school is all about. Is options trading better than day trading, asked Dominic? Um, it depends. It depends. I mean, I'm not real. Honestly, I'm not real big on buying lots of options, especially out of the money options where you might not get your money back because I'm not I'm not into rolling the dice with my family's money. Now, I buy in the money options if I want to do what they call a, a stock replication strategy. A stock replication strategy is where you can use options to simulate the ownership of a stock, but you can do it with a much lower capital base. So I did that with Disney. I bought some deep in the money um, options on Disney and I made a killing on it. But I, and I because Disney took off because their streaming service did really well. And uh, that allowed me to get a stake in Disney without having to put up a ton of cash. Right. So options can be used for for solid investing or for risk management. But what a lot of people use options for is they use it to take on risk and taking on risk. Risk is a drug like literally risk literally is a drug. Like when I do you all hear me, give me a yes or no if you hear me when I tell you risk is a drug and I'm not playing. I'm not joking. Let me say it one more time. Risk is a drug. Why do I say risk is a drug? Let me explain. There's studies that show that when they studied with rats, that basically when they, then they measure the dopamine in their brain and all that, um, what they found is that basically if you, um, if you, let's say you go to the casino and let's say you win, right? And let's say that you win again and you win again and you win again, right? And you know, you're going to win every time. Well, then eventually you'll get bored because you know what's going to happen. So what they do is to make it in a, into an actual drug, they switch it up. They incorporate risk into the equation. So what they'll do is instead of allowing you to win every time, they'll let you win and then they'll make you lose and then you'll lose again, but then you'll win and then you'll win again. Then you go on a winning streak, but then you'll lose again and then you win again. Then you'll lose again. Then you win again. You lose again. And what they found was that similar to Pavlov's dog, if you don't know about Pavlov's dog, P-A-V-L-O-V, look it up. Pavlov's dog. What happens is they found that it wasn't the winning and losing that caused you to be happy. That wasn't what released the dopamine in your brain. Dopamine is the drug in your brain that makes you feel good. It wasn't the winning and losing itself that led to the dopamine. It was the anticipation that maybe I'm going to win. Let me play one more time because this might be my big chance. And so if you ever watch a gambler, like gambling addictions, don't even mess with that. I'm telling you, like, like so many investors have gambling addictions and don't even know it because they think that it's investing. It's not investing. When, when, you, when you're rolling the dice and swinging and day trade and losing a whole bunch and making a whole bunch and going back and forth and constantly jump around from stock to stock and all that. No, that's not that's not investing. That is gambling. I hate to say it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying day traders are bad people. Please don't think I'm saying this. I'm saying that's not the same as investing. Investing is like farming. It's where you plant a seed and you let the seed grow. You don't go, you know, you don't go bury it, dig it up, bury it, dig it up, bury it, dig it up. Right. Look at it every day to see if it's growing. Oh, it grew, it grew a centimeter this week. Like, no, no, you don't do that. You just plant the seed and you let it grow. Right. But there, so there are a lot of day traders and options traders and swing traders and everything else who think that they're investing. But that's not quite the same as investing. That's that can become gambling. And that that means that it's not a lot. Sometimes it's not much different than what you get in Vegas. And so what happens is that that drug, remember, I told you earlier what I say earlier, risk is a drug. Risk is a drug. Risk is a drug. So the incorporation of that risk, that randomness, that up and down that releases the dopamine due to the anticipation that this this next bet might be my next big win. That can make people into gambling addicts. Like I know people who who had to go to Gambles Anonymous because they were trading options so much 
You see, so so if you ever watch a gambler and you hear them talk, they they can't help but to play one more time because they're thinking maybe this will be the one time where I get to to win. And they incorporate this in everything. They incorporate this, this these studies in social media. Facebook actually studies this. That's how they keep you addicted to social media. Look it up. Look it up. Look up social media addiction. That is a real thing. There are real therapists out there giving real medication and real therapy to help people with social media addiction. Uh, what's another addiction? Um, another one. Uh, there was, oh, video games. I forgot about the duh. Call of Duty. Uh, just you know, the the guy. There was a guy who was a developer on Call of Duty who said that we deliberately added risk, the drug of risk. He didn't call it the drug of risk, but that's what he basically said. He said, we incorporated randomness into the game so that you will anticipate that, that this could be your next big game. So you'll keep playing because you don't know, is this going to be a good game? Is this going to be a bad game? Am I going to be playing against good players or bad players? So they deliberately scramble it where sometimes you're, you're, the, the odds are stacked in your favor. Sometimes the odds are against you, but it's the anticipation that keeps you coming back. Do you follow what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, so so I, I just tell you, you know, just make sure you know the difference between gambling and investing. Like I bought that Dodge coin, just kind of being silly. That was not investing. That was gambling. <laughs> uh, Wall Street bets. Uh, typically, that's not a lot of investing. That's a lot of gambling because Microvision is a company that made less money last year than most doctors make in a year. That that company should not be worth three or four billion dollars. But the price got pumped up so much that the market cap went over three billion dollars. The reason GameStop just made half a billion dollars in a fundraise and a capital raise is because they sold their stock because they knew it was overvalued. So they put five hundred million dollars of that stock on the market because they said suckers are buying, so that means we're selling. Okay, so don't be a sucker. Be smart. Make sturdy investments. I got to run little baby. I got to take her to dance class and she's going to kill me. So I love you guys. Have a good day. Please hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, RTG, do I think AMC is over yet? I don't know, man. I I don't know. It's going to be a good recovery play because when the theaters open up, they're going to do well. So I'm rooting for AMC. I think they could actually do well. So nobody really knows exactly what's going to happen, but I I like AMC a lot Um, as a company. Now, as a stock, that's another conversation. All right, guys. So uh, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button before you go. And don't forget, if you want to join the hotel investing uh, conference, feel free to go to blackhotelinvesting.com. And uh, also that three-day lecture I told you about that starts tomorrow night at 8. You can go to blackwealthdecisions.com and take a look. I'm going to cover a lot of good stuff on financial decision-making and how you can actually gain the skills necessary to make decisions when it comes to money. Uh, there, there are theories that I can break down for you in a very simple way that will give you an advantage over everyone else. So hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button before you go. I'm out of here. Have a good day. Love you guys. Peace.